You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the final part of the show, we get a view from mainland China from Ryan Manuel, the founder of Bilby AI. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning. So the Kaishin Manufacturing PMI survey unexpectedly raised back above 50 for last month. This seems to continue a trend of seeing numbers seem, uh, seemingly starting to bottom out. So is the worst now behind us in China? It depends if we think about the real economy or the market. Um, I think in terms of the real economy, we're definitely seeing pickups. But animal spirits and the return of sort of softer things, I, I think there's a little bit more pain to come still. So, I mean, the, I mean, there was some articles, I mean, there was one in Bloomberg saying, talking about the India-China comparisons when you're looking at the markets and saying that China sold off so much and India's risen so much that from a valuation point of view, actually China now becomes attractive. But you're kind of warning people, maybe not? I, I mean, I'm not warning. There's always that lag, right? Mm. I mean, there's the bottom, bottoming out is a tough one. And so what we're not seeing is the signs of confidence returning uh, within the Chinese sort of chatter, the animal spirits up there. But what we are seeing is a return of, of better real economic data, uh, more production, all those sorts of things going out. The point is, though, you can make as much as you want, but you have to sell it. And that's, that's where the sort of consumption statistics are, are lagging a bit behind. And so we're not expecting in that sense the, the confidence to come back as fast as the real economy. The real economy has to come first, basically. So what will uh, drive the turnaround in confidence? Will it be a sustained uh, period of positive numbers in the real economy? Will there be some sort of other trigger that can get the consumers back out there? Where, where it'll, do it'll we go? Be both. It'll be both, I think. I mean, what you'll see is, is hopefully an easing of U.S.-China relations. Obviously, China's made a huge effort recently to try and get back into the good books, uh, the APEC visit, you know, the Xi Biden talks, all of those things. Um, what also, I guess, people are waiting on is the response to external events such as the, the U.S. EV tax break removal for, for 25%, more than 25% Chinese-owned uh, firms over the weekend. All those sorts of things, you know, like people are waiting, I think, much more on external triggers and the external macro environment rather than looking necessarily just at the domestic numbers. Well, you touched on the fact that um, China's trying to do their bit in terms of easing tensions, but then, as you just touched on, you had the, over the weekend Biden announcing further measures that, on the EV space. Now, granted, it's a lot on terms of tax breaks within American companies US, using U.S. products or U.S. Um, suppliers but how much of an effect will that have on china itself or on the evs or say in the battery makers and anywhere in the ev space i mean the the battery makers china's ev space is is a long way ahead and and the gap keeps keeps improving it's not going to hit the bottom line to the cattle or catl or something like that it's more the confidence it's more that belief that things will get better um another part of that obviously is taiwan there's there's just so many external pushes at the moment that are driving a more bad news story. I think that that's going to always crowd out the effects of sort of slower moving things such as the real economy is doing well or the data is starting to pick up. Um, there's just not that confidence coming through uh, from them that, that match the economic numbers, so to speak. And you had um, one of the ex-party members coming over the weekend saying there's actually quite a bit of 
room for them to actually ease on the reserve rate requirements, maybe not so much on the interest rates. Mm. So is that something that they might consider? And then if they do, does that not just keep what is pretty much an overextended credit market (laughs) (laughs) going? This is the thing. I mean, they... No one's saying it's easy to be a Chinese regulator right now or a, a government official. Um, they're caught. It's tough. They have to also, you know, real estate obviously is, is deeply underwater. And you've got to, though, make sure that, that measures that will help confidence, such as real estate in particular, because the Chinese sort of, the real Chinese citizen, so to speak, is very, very, very sensitive to anything in the real estate market. But by the same token, the government. You know, the party has made very clear that it, it needs to change the old model. How do they sort of build the plane while flying? It is, is, the, is the question that they're having to face every day. Very difficult for them right now. You got, and you've got China Evergrande, uh, the court case coming up this week. So yeah. what, this, in a, how's that going to play out? It, but, I mean, this is the thing about China, right? When it's that big an economy, when there's so much going on, there's always going to be a bad news story. And this is what, what I mean by the, the consumer confidence. You don't see the triggers to have the confidence come back. So say, you know, midway through this year, we saw a, a completely unprecedented statement of support for, private, for the private economy. You know, you had the premier coming out and leading it very visibly. Xi Jinping took his name off it totally. And there's still not that response in the market that's like, oh, okay, this is the party really, really wants a private economy. I mean, I would say once bitten, twice shy, but I think, the average Chinese sort of small and medium enterprise has been bitten more than once. So like multiple bitten, multiple shy or something like that is about as close as I can say it. Um, just because the numbers are picking up doesn't mean that the confidence and the trust and the faith that things are going to get better is also going to pick up with it. And that's, that's the battle, right? When you lose trust uh, as a government, I'm not saying that China's government has totally lost all, all faith from the Chinese people, but on the economy, you know, it's, it's been a bad year and it, it's hard to sort of instantly turn on taps, even if you cut the rate, you know, even if you have a, a rate cut. Well, you still need to get into people's heads and be like, oh, the things are going to get better. We should borrow. We should act. We should, you know, the, the economy should get moving again. It's the sort of gap between numbers and, and what people think is actually really going on that's the real battle they're facing right now. But, you know, when you talk about the private sector, it was like, yeah, we want to open up the private sector. But then they were very specific. It's got to be in a certain space. So is that really opening up the private sector? And to me, it's not. And I think that's a big part of the problem is they're not allowing people to do whatever their thoughts are. Yeah, they want. Yeah. And look, 100 percent. And this gets at my point of sort of how many times you're bitten and how many times you're shy. But again, one has to if we take China's leaders on their word. They're trying very hard. Uh, and yes, there's definitely a sector focus, um, you know, high-tech EVs, semiconductors, things like that. But there's also a generalized level of support. Um, five, six, seven, eight, nine is, is the, the famous line that actually came from Xi Jinping himself of, you know, how important the private sector is to the real economy. And so there's constant sort of rhetorical support. But with that, of the leaders' desire to shape the economy in the way they want, to have it put into the sectors that they think is the most productive. That's not what always the market thinks, of course. And so you've got this fundamental tension that is resulting in this gap between you know, data and the numbers that you're rightly saying uh, are improving and then this perception problem that 
you also rightly know the rule, how much can we trust them? How much do we think that that's what's going to come next? How confident are we in these numbers? Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for. So I'd like to thank you for coming in. Um, that's Ryan Manuel, the founder of Bill B. AI.